I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. I'm April, VP of the cutting-edge sex toy company Hot Octopus, and I dedicate my life to the business of sex. We are on a mission to teach you how to have hot sex, deep intimacy, and how to make your own rules for who you are as a sexual being. Welcome Welcome to to the Shameless Sex Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 50% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use code SHAMELESSSEX at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Snicky number one and snicky number two here. Snicker, snicker, snicker. We're, we're going to assume we won't be chip and dip anymore. People will be very confused. You know what we haven't shared on the podcast yet is our little joke about we. It's a from Juicy J, the song that's my perfect strip strippers. song, where it's like strippers in the beginning. Have we talked about that? I don't before? think so. What does it say? It's well, what are we it's, saying? it's bands will make her dance. Oh yeah, uh-huh. bands will make her dance. She's dancing right now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I actually am. And, but in the beginning, it goes strippers, <laughs> and it's like always. Amy and I always go back and forth and say that. Stripples. Why do we love strippers so much? I I love strippers. We've we've been to many a strip club. Remember when we were in New Orleans? Oh yeah, and we went to that strip club. Yeah, and, and then you lost your phone and your, all your money. Lost my phone. It was on the table, and I left it there. And, and all of a sudden, it was, it was like six a.m., and our life was sucked out. And I was like, fuck. Amy was sponsoring my stripper habit at the time. <laughs> she had all, all of the monies. I was like, I don't have any cash. I was on the company at the time, so it I, wasn't ethical to uh, go to strip clubs on the company. So I remember I created this category this little like invisible box of all the things that suck your soul away and it includes uh not and i'm not anti-strip clubs but sometimes you go in there and all of a sudden your money's gone and all the time went by and it's 6 a.m and it was like well we went in in the afternoon amy no we didn't yes at night no we it was dark when we came out when we came out it was dark (laughs) when we went in it was was light because we were training a store there's no light in there there's no windows the strip club is right next to the store we were training oh shit and so what happened was and i remember this yeah we went in, and I was like, let's go check out the strippers. And when there was no one in there, because it was the middle of the day, so this one particular stripper oh, paid yeah. a lot of attention to us. She had this, like, schoolgirl vibe, oh, and I was like... You were giving oh, her a lot of attention, Oh, my God, too. I was like, I just gave her so much money. I was like, you don't even do anything. You just give money. She probably took your phone, too. Just well, I'm not accusing anyone, I'm not. but you it was probably suspicious. just dropped it in the bathroom. No, I'm, I left it on the table, and when I went back, they were uh, like, we've never seen we a phone. We don't know anything about it. And I was like, son of a we've bitch. We've never seen a phone in our entire lives. And this is when iPhones like were... This was a, this this was was a like long time 2013. ago. Yeah. We started our work trips together for yeah. Uber Lube, and well, you that was Fun Factory at but the time. But anyway, I just love doing the strippers. Strippers. The, the Juicy J strippers. Strippers. You, yeah. We do but, love strippers. Yeah. We do love us some strippers. Um, so this episode, by the way, is not about strippers. It's with Sunny Megatron. <laughs> I wonder if Megatron's her real last name. It's such a fucking awesome last name. I Hold hope up. so. I highly doubt it. But it's a really cool last name. And Sunny Megatron, we've known for years. Her podcast, who she does with her husband, co-host, uh, and they're in an open marriage, I believe, um, Ken, right? I've hung out with both of them in Chicago. You went to a dungeon with them. They, I took my first dungeon tour with them when I worked with Fun Factory back in Zide. Again, I think this was 2012. Wow, I'm really There's reminiscing. There's a lot of fun things that happened. And That's when we went to Burning Man for the first and oh, only time. Yeah. Oh my God, let's go back. That's when I was mailwaged. So I've hung out with both of them. They're incredibly intelligent humans and uh and they're part of our podcast network too the pleasure podcast network so their podcast is american sex and then she also has another podcast called open deeply podcast 
and she specializes in all sex ad because also she was nominated. Actually, no, she won Sexpert of the Year. 2021 Sexpert yeah. of the Year, which is impressive. And she has a show on Showtime. Yeah. And there's also, you'll hear it in the bio, but, but she's she, impressive. But kink is really a special thing for her to speak on. She's writing a book about it called Customizable Kink, a strategic guide to erotic play that should be out in 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this, we are talking a lot about that, about customizable kink, about kink BDSM in general, how to incorporate it into your lives. She's an amazing speaker. It's highly entertaining. I actually was just listening to her podcast the other day, and I don't think it's actually on this episode that she talked about the um, episode she just did on taboo sex or with uh, Molina, I think it's Molina Williams. Amazing. I can't even call her an educator. She is beyond an educator, and she's a performer. She's all the things. Anyways, I was listening to it, and it was a combination of fucking hilarious. Is it on the American American Sex, sex Podcast? Okay. And, but it's taboo sex. It's like talking about like body fluid fetishes and all these different things. But they're talking about it from this, this informative place and this very accepting place and also um, playful, like... You know how they call it like this. You know, a fucked up fetish thing, but like they're but they're honoring it in a way too. So, anyways, I highly recommend checking it out. American Sex Podcast. It's incredible. They're so smart. I want to. Does anyone have an earplug fetish? I want to. <laughs> I am sure they do. You. It might not be a fetish, but you have a need. I want to give a shout out <laughs> to this. I received this incredible book. It's called Earplug Erotica, and it's like the perfect. I think it's the perfect little in your bathroom. It's adorable. Uh, like. You just page through it. It's by Mike McCoy, and you can get it on Amazon. I'm gifting it to Amy because she has earplugs in her ears almost every time. <laughs> They're like we little hang cute out. drawings of earplugs yeah, doing like, sexy things. Yeah, earplugs at a house party. Uh, <laughs> and then there's like having a threesome. Earplugs uh, in in camping situations. So it's called Earplug Erotica. Go check it out. It's it's such an adorable little gift. And um, earplugs at dinner and doing um, funny little things. And there's no text it's mostly it's all imaging it's adorable and, imagery. you showed me that i was like they kind of look like dildos but they're earplugs they're like the foam style earplugs earplug erotica so it's like earplugs doing cute cartoony things like having sex and they're skydiving and banging well i sent sky. you the picture of the earplugs walking their dogs because i was like <laughs> that that's us? you and i that's you and paoi and leggy and Aww, myself that's cute so, so yeah. hey i want to announce something to y'all last night april was by herself and she painted a picture <laughs> of her dog well i went through this whole thing where i used to paint in high school yeah, it's really good. And I'm trying to put it on Instagram. Really good is no. It's no, really good. It's it's, an, it's uh that's questionable. Thank you for I think your it's support. Really good. Um and anyway, I went through this whole uh, I don't know, this this thing where I was like, what used to really light me up? And I was like, I loved painting. And so I and I've dated a lot of artists in the past. And musicians. At least three and musicians, yeah. some of which were both, which were painters. And so I used to actually paint a lot more in my 20s. This isn't that exciting, but I am I decided I was going to paint pictures of my dog. What about me? Can I have one of me next time? I So humans are really difficult for me. You can make me look crazy. It's fine. Right. And then I also, the medium of paint I'm working with is acrylic paint. It dries fast. So you have to think of all of these things that I forgot about. And then Legend was going crazy last night because I was painting him. 
<laughs> and I'm not paying attention to him. And I was like, kept holding him up uh, to see the painting, and he was like, kind of excited about it. I bring this up because there's two be- there's two things here. Actually, there's a number of pieces here, but one is really beautiful: is finding a creative way to like, especially for people who are feeling bored, unhappy, disconnected to their bodies. That's what, what's happening with me. This yeah. is why I ordered a paint set, an entire. It's called the Adult Paint Set on Amazon. It was Aww. like sixty something dollars. It took like not sponsored by Amazon. We're not. No, I'm, I'm sorry. That's just where I got it because it's like a. It was a one stop paint shop. Yeah, and I it has everything you need for uh, just beginning to paint. Well, that and like you know, and again, people think <sighs> that you have to be really good at it. Sorry, dog bark. Legend's really upset that you aren't giving him attention right now. Um, that so that people think that you have to be really good at it or like to learn an instrument or something. And like you can just I have a I have a ukulele at home that I barely ever play, but when I pick it up, it's actually kind of fun. I'm terrible at it, but it's fun. If you want to learn how to paint. I'm not even kidding. Bob Ross shows. <laughs> he, they on Netflix now? They, I, well, th- that's a documentary about oh. Bob Ross. But he, I watched him every day on PBS when I was a child. And I think that's where, I, and my brother's such a talented artist. He can paint and draw and do all of these things. I have never felt that I was gifted with the artistic uh, the artistic wand that, that my brother was. Like, my brother can sit and sketch someone and make them look exactly how they are or make them look cartoony or make them look like in so many different ways and then he can paint too and I never was able to do that my mom can weave baskets from scratch you can get on a fucking microphone and talk about anything better than a lot of humans on this planet so that's an <laughs> art it's an artist you're an artist in its own in your own way depends on how much wine I had uh, tequila. tequila this <laughs> podcast brought to you by what? tequila no but, Bob, but watching Bob Ross I'm not even kidding that is free instructional uh, information well, for people that want to learn how to paint the other thing the reason why I was talking about this is also because uh, I was talking about how April and I are crazy dog moms and we're in our th- late 30s oh God, and we don't gonna, have children. Are you going to bring up this movie? No, I just oh, saw the trailer. Don't. Someone oh showed a trailer for the movie Lamb. So I was thinking comedy, okay? <laughs> Amy's like, oh, I have to show you this trailer. She comes this over lady, today. I think she loses her children and she t- turns this lamb into Help. her dream child. <laughs> and she's like, I was like, wait, what was that crack sound? Amy's like, I think she just killed the mom. I was like, what the fuck is we this? We don't know if she did, but, the la- she like, but it has like a, a happy song when she's like holding the lamb's hand it's a beach boy song yeah wouldn't it be nice if we and that's you and i with our dogs oh my god Cuckoo. all right anyways she swaddles the lamb the baby lamb Oh, it, so earlier before we started this podcast, you were telling me a story about your bait session last oh, night. So. And then I was like, save it for the fucking microphone because I, w- I think the audience should always hear about your baiting session. So this is important because I, I when I get into my baiting mode. Masturbating. Ma- we're talking about masturbating. <laughs> uh, and my toys are my go-to and my magic wand died right in the middle of my session. And not defective, it's just rechargeable, it's right? rechargeable, yeah. but I think maybe I just use it too much. I was so pumped because I had the Femme Fun, the, their wand. It's the like Ultra wand. The Ultra wand, and it's tinier, and I, so I was like, well, is this going to work? And I'm like, is it going to be powerful enough? And it blew my mind because it did the job almost faster than I expected. That's amazing. It's, it really is. You would think that the bigger, the more power, which actually, I mean, still, I'm sure the magic wand is more powerful, but that the smaller thing that we've, so we've done a lot of work with FemFun before. Like we love their brand and I actually have one too, which I don't really, it's not usually my go-to as well. I have their Ultra Bullet. I love that one. And I've had this similar magical experiences where, because it's not my go-to and our, we know our brain is the largest sex organ. My brain's like, oh, use this one that you're used to. But then when I use this other one, I'm like, holy shit, 
shit, this one, this thing totally gets me there. It's amazing. Well, I might change up from using the magic wand, and I'm sorry, probably I, just the smaller. Um, the, this I like how the Femme Fun wand is, is smaller because sometimes that the baseball bat. Remember, I used to call it the baseball bat. Yeah, the nemesis. It gets in the way, and uh, I was really impressed with just the feeling, the sensation, even in comparison, direct comparison. Yeah. from one to the other, and I, I and I love Femme Fun. You're right. Variety is good too. I mean, you could use the baseball bat magic wand one day, and then use the and then that's helping your brain not get stuck on the thing. So for me, I'll do that. You know, I'll use my. I, you know, I often use like the Satisfier, the suction toys, but I can also go to the Femme Fun's Ultra Bullet too, and just have some variety in this my life. This is tools in your toolkit hey. when you're a carpenter, and I've made this comparison. If you don't have the right tool to fix your house or things that go get broken in your house, which has happened to me where I'm like, God damn, where's that wrench? <laughs> That's, it's the same for sex toys. It's like having a sex toy toolbox. Well, and you also don't usually have one tool. Right, you have multiple tools there for different jobs or different moods, we could say, or uh, like yeah. you said, your rechargeable dies. And so, Femme Fun. If you're all wondering about this, is F E M M E. So it's Femme Fun. We're talking about the Ultra Wand and the Ultra Bullet. You can find them both at Pure Pleasures website. That's my mom's and my own sex <laughs> website, sex toy website. It's not a sex website. You can see April naked on there. Just no, kidding. No, no, you, you can't. So go to PurePleasureShop.com. Use coupon code ShamelessSex. You get fifteen percent off. You can try these, and you and April can bait at the same time Support from afar. Support Janice, our biggest podcast fan. She's Thanks. been the biggest fan since She probably listens to the episode the, as it when it drops, like before anyone. She, the know. minute it drops, she's like, or she'll message me at the end of a Tuesday, like, where's the episode at? Or I'm she's late. like, April said fuck too many times. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, mom. Fuck. <laughs> All right, you ready for a fucking sex question? Fuck yeah. All right, here the fuck we go. <laughs> I've been with my fucking husband. Just oh, no. Janice's earmuffs are up now. Sorry, mom. Oh, okay. Anyways, I'm trying to regroup here. I've been with my husband for 11 years now, and the sex life has been mediocre. It's recently gone better, but he doesn't perform oral on me very often. Almost every time we're intimate, I do with him. She gives him oral. It's gotten to the point I've been thinking about satisfying my sexual needs outside of my marriage. I've talked to my husband about this several times, and he just doesn't get it. My question is, if I'm not sexually satisfied in my marriage, does seeking outside of it justify my infidelity? Big question. Uh, this is heavy and I and also probably common that I was just going to say that this is heavy and it's common. It's yeah. common to especially if you've been together for a long time and we talk about long-term relationships so frequently and, and keeping the sex spicy and the work involved and it was like oh fucking work it's ah. work I don't want to do it. And the thing is I have I have friends that this this question could be written um, by totally, and it's, I think it's normal. I, I, I won't say that I could, I personally have been in a place where I could have written this question. I haven't been married, but I've been in relationships, and it wasn't just like I'm not satisfied in this the sex, but there's some way that I wasn't feeling met in a, a major way, and I was speaking for it, and they still weren't meeting it, and so then I, I actually did uh, have some sexual experiences, like you know, three or four hour snuggles with makeouts with someone while I was in a committed relationship with a partner who also had been cheating on me for a year, but I didn't know about it. But anyways. I remember that. That's yeah. when you disappeared from the hotel. And, and I, like, where the fuck was Amy? And I justified it. I justified it by saying, you know, I've been asking for them to meet me, to show up more. Again, it wasn't sex. It was literally just to show up for me, like being in connection with me and saying that we have a problem here and they aren't, still aren't doing it. They're just like off in their own world. And so then I justified it. And I think the justification system is very strong. And I am... 
not going to talk too much shit about the justification system because I think it serves a purpose, but it can trick us. And, and here's the thing. Totally, you could justify it and say, oh, this is fine because I'm not receiving this. But is that your higher self? Like, you're, Are you going to feel really good about that? Does that leave you feeling good at the end of the day? Um, I think that the justification system can get in the way of us living as our highest, our highest self and, and being in integrity. And in, in integrity is with our word, with our actions. Um, so you could totally do this. We're not going to shame you if you do this. We are not pro-infidelity either. We're, in, we're neutral. Um, but I think that there's better ways. So like my, one of my things is you've talked to your, your partner, your husband, your, uh, several times. What have you really said, though? And I'm not hating on you. I'm, I'm just curious what that conversation has sounded like. Is it just, hey, I'd just really like if you could go down on me a little more. And then they don't do it. What if you actually like, hey, this is, I need to sit down and talk to you about something really important. We've been married for 11 years. And, uh, in, and you do go down on me on the occasion. And... I, I've been craving a lot more of it. I, and my perception, my story is that I offer oral sex to you often. And I'm not receiving often. And this is something that I'm really, really craving. And this, this is serious. Can, are you willing to work with me? I, I think so. I am not pro infidelity or pro being out of integrity in relationships. I have been. I have been there. And it doesn't feel good. It actually almost hurts the person that's doing the the. The the lying, right? Mm. It's lying. That's what infidelity is. Everyone it's, could be hurt involved in it. Well, yes, yeah. and and it, and I'm I'm just saying you've been with this person for eleven years. You obviously the sex life is mediocre, and that's very important to you. And you want him to go down on you because he doesn't do that very often, and you do. And you also, I want to point out that you said it has gotten better. And asking for the oral, as Amy was stating, I think is really important. And what about? talking to him about getting the needs met in your relationship outside of the marriage sexually but what about including him yeah maybe because that could in the be choice an, you mean or, to do it, or yeah. maybe experiencing a threesome um, when i had a, have a, someone else eating your box because your partner won't or even well not maybe a piece of it but there could be a, a turn on that happens or or having sex at a sex party th- this consensual sex party with other couples having sex where maybe it will like ignite something within you and maybe the the him visualizing and seeing other people going down or or doing oral or maybe he, he's not comfortable with doing oral i so i like that but i i'm all people are like you know i hint at it or like i'm not into like just planting seeds i'm into like speak about what you want how important it is and if it's not that important then maybe you don't speak to it but this is obviously important you're, you're thinking about having sex with someone else and so why not advocate for the importance and, it, and if your partner still is like yeah i'm not i don't really like licking box uh, or it's not really my thing or yeah I'll do it and then they don't do it then your next conversation is hey I had a conversation with you about how important this is obviously we're not meeting each other let's talk about ways we can get met outside and then you have that conversation sex right. parties maybe open relationships and the answer might be no 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 so then you reassess the relationship and then, and, and I will be totally honest with you. I have a friend that is experiencing something very similar to this and everything is really great in their partnership besides the sex and the, the needs she's not getting her needs met and she hasn't for years, but there's so much love and other pieces there. And I've, I've asked her this question and, and and it comes down to the answer has been no. And, and it's, it's, that's, it's a hard fucking choice because what do you do? Uh, Masturbate. Well, that's an option uh, if you don't want to leave, but 
I mean, infidelity, if you choose it, just know it's, it's a rocky road and there's a lot that comes with that as well. Uh, meaning co the covering up, the lies, it's sort of more lies. So you just have to, you have to be, um, if you're, if you're going to cheat, uh, and, uh, I mean, conversate beforehand as much as you can before yeah. you make the decision. But ultimately, just know that being, uh, there's, there, you have the, uh, possibility of being caught and if that happens then everything could erode away and you might not have this person in your life at all moving forward or you're so. like april 9 you don't get caught you actually just out it someday <laughs> like yeah so this happened a while ago and now i have to deal with that shit so yeah totally um so not judging anyone here and again you know there's there's a lot of options here but that you know there, it sounds like there's a lot uh, how many of our sex questions do not is the answer not more conversations about it so i know um, and, such a pain in the ass and i wish there was just a switch just press a button take a little blink green pill and you'll be just fine and not fully related to this but we're just talking about pleasure here for the pussy here um and no omgs has yet to do an oral uh, uh season but it's all about hands-on techniques we talk about omgs five million times in a podcast that's my lucky number five million it's a big number most people are like two uh anyway so what is omgs omgs.com it's an online program with multiple seasons where you can learn about sexual pleasure and it has tasteful videos and modules that actually show you techniques season one is all about external pleasure so hands on vulvas um season two is all about internal pleasure with vulvas season three soon will be about sex toys for vulvas i believe that someday they'll be doing a penis season and maybe we'll do an oral sex season someday well, omgs what do you think i mean i'm sure they 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 might it's all research-based which i love and you pay one time it's not subscription-based one time and you get access to either one of the seasons or both you can buy the two the two first the two for one the two for one and, and you do get 10 percent off. Uh, so go to omgs.com slash shameless and you can access either or both of those seasons. You won't regret it. There's a lot of really great tools for that sexy tool belt. And I actually coming back to that sex question, you want you want the oral sex. Is your partner using their hands on you? Is it feeling really good? Um, what if they are not into putting their mouth in your vulva and they just need to learn some new hands mm. on, you know, really well lubricated, lots of uber lube hands on your vulva. And maybe if they don't have any tips or techniques, they could watch OMGS and learn. So Because not everyone is into mouth and genitals you just you didn't want jizz in your mouth for most of your life until recently this is true and i also didn't give blowjobs very often there you go everyone's different to, to very many partners yeah uh, and that was my stuff and uh even when they asked for it it almost made me not want to do it yeah because not because i didn't want to please them because i was like why is that so important to you yeah right i wasn't doing any work then <laughs> meaning i wasn't uh doing any work on myself oh. i was just like oh it's your stuff not i was my like what kind of work are you talking about uh -oh. yeah got it yeah 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 i've been working out all night long yeah well then you're like oh wait actually yeah and again did your partners say this is important to me i really want to get my dick sucked by dick sucked by you no uh for the most part they just accepted it and moved on <laughs> and then maybe had some fires Maybe, maybe I don't know the answer to that. You know what? <laughs> Planting seeds over God here. Damn it. Are you ready for a bio? <laughs> yeah, let's dive Planting in. Planting seeds. <laughs> All right. Sunny Megatron is an award-winning certified sexuality educator, certified relationship coach, and media personality. She's the host and executive producer of the Showtime original television series Sex with Sunny Megatron. Plus, she co-hosts the award-winning American Sex Podcast and Open Deeply Podcast. Voted the 2021 Sexpert of the Year, her work focuses on normalizing alternative sexual practices and ending sexual stigma. To learn more, visit SunnyMegatron.com. But first... 
Have you ever been just too damn high? I know I have. With today's weed, sometimes it's a dangerous game. That's why I'm a huge fan of Dadgrass. Dadgrass is legal, organic, smokable hemp that is very low in THC and high in CBD, relaxing your body and mellowing your mind so you can chill the F out without the stony stress. I love Dadgrass, whether I'm working on a big project and have to focus, need help calming down after a stressful day, or even when I want to smoke a little something before, during, or after some sexy time with myself or my lover. Ooh, you wild. While Dadgrass is for folks of all genders and bits, they also offer Momgrass CBG joints for a more energized vibe. Whether you're looking for a new buzz or a chill way to enjoy an old favorite, Dadgrass has something for you. Dadgrass keeps it easy peasy as all their products are federally legal for ages 21 and over, and it ships right to your door anywhere in the U.S. And right now, Dadgrass is offering our listeners 20% off your first order when you go to dadgrass.com shameless. Go to dadgrass.com shameless for 20% off your first order. That's dadgrass.com shameless. Go get your buzz on without getting floored. All right, it's showtime. All right, everyone, it is interview time, and this interview is with Sunny Megatron, who is an awesome human for many reasons, but one very special one is we're in the same podcast family, yes. Pleasure Podcast. Yeah, thank you, Cam. Are we cousins? Are we aunts and uncles together? Are you, are you, you my Tia? My are we tio? sisters, I, brothers? I guess, yeah, I could be your TT, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Yeah. Can you be yeah. my TT? Yeah, okay. I'm yeah. Tia, yeah. Sunny. Cool. So, this is our TT. Uh, so Megatron uh, and Sunny has been in the well I like to say the human sexuality field for a long time and you probably heard some things in the bio and we will ask this very first question which is actually not a question it's a prompt Sunny can you please tell our listeners how you got to where you are today in the field of sexuality maybe in your personal life and podcasts in the business realm yes yes uh, this is like, it's a long story, but I'll keep it to the basics. This is my second career. I worked for a top ad agency for 17 years. I was like, you know, the business lady and yada, yada. And it was my own personal journey to discover kink in my mid thirties. Um, I realized, you know, something was missing, very repressed sex life, romantic life, bordering on abusive, like a lot of shit. And uh, went on my own personal journey and was just blown away at everything I was discovering. And I was like, I have to tell everybody. <laughs> uh, so hence the, uh, what is it? The um, recession of 2008. Oh, yeah. I was laid off from my fancy ass job. And I was like, you know what? This is my job now. Um, so now I'm a certified sex educator, relationship coach, kink educator, the, the whole shebang. Podcast or TV show. Like, yeah. I, I kind of can't believe it. And you have a book coming. You, yes. Out. Yes. Exciting. You've been wildly successful. Uh, and I'm so happy that you're on our show because I'm like, yay, I love Sunny and all your. And I met you back when I worked at Fun Factory yeah. and we went on a dungeon, my first dungeon tour <gasps> with first? you and Ken. That was my first dungeon tour. This was in I Chicago. Think it was in Chicago. It was the in studio. Oh my God. Yeah. This, yes. And it was so cool. And I got to see all sorts of shit. It was so cool. And you both were the best hosts and we went out and had some drinks and we had so much fun. And yes, uh, that's, how, I, I think that might've been in 2013. Yeah. I want to yeah, say probably. 
It was a long time ago. Yeah, I'm thinking it was like 2012, 2013. It might have been like 2012. That. Yeah. Yeah. But I've, I've, I've known and loved you and your work since then, and you have just done so much. I mean, Aww. you had a show on Showtime, right? Showtime? Yeah. yeah. I, I'm still like, what? How did that? What? Did that happen? Yes. I was like, I know her. I was like, I, I know her. I mean, I it was awesome. I'm like, I totally know her. You've been on the cover of some magazines. No big deal, everyone. It's just Sunny Megatron. No big deal. Hey. No big yeah. deal. Well, obviously, this was the, the path that was chosen for you for a reason, and you're crushing. So, this episode, because you are quite an expert, is about BDSM kink. So what is your personal definition, explanation of kink slash the BDSM? Ooh, okay. So, you know, a lot of folks, they they hear, you know, bondage and discipline, dominance and, and submission and sadomasochism. That That's what BDSM means. And uh, I really love kink educator Midori. Her yeah. short definition is... Um, childlike play with adult sexual privilege and better toys. Mm. And that's sort of the vibe that I embody of, of kink. Um, it's more of a creative erotic mindset that does not have to include sex, which a lot of people, you know, they hear kink, they think sex. And I, I usually frame it like, uh, just like when you're, you know, doing kink, you could choose to use a flogger. You could choose to use a paddle. None of those are required, but they're among the tools you can choose from. Sex is just like a flogger. You can use it or you can leave it and use other things. It can be all in the mind. So one of the ways I describe kink is with an analogy. And in this analogy, let's say I'm a dominant and I am going to plan a scene with you. You know, we're going to have a kinky encounter. And so instead of me being a dominant, I'm actually a roller coaster engineer. And I'm going to design a roller coaster for you. And in this kinky roller coaster, I'm going to use um, different emotional states and even emotional smoke and mirrors. I might do that strictly with talking. We can do that completely psychologically. I might do that through sensory input, you know, flogging, spanking, whatever it is, um, you know, the. The choice is mine based on what you tell me. So when I say, okay, I'm the roller coaster engineer, what do you like? And you sit down, you tell me, you know, okay, I love corkscrew turns and I like the, um, you know, the, 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 the long steep dive, you know, when you go down the hill, but I hate the water splashes. I hate the dark tunnels. So that's our negotiation. And it's my job as this roller coaster engineer to take all of the specs that you've given me, all of the yeses and all of the noes and arrange them in a way that to you feels like a surprise. When I'm talking about I'm using that those emotional highs and lows and ups and downs, and even though we've thoroughly negotiated, you completely trust me, I will never do one of the things that you said, I don't like those corkscrew turns or whatever. Emotionally, while I'm taking you through your roller coaster or your scene, I want you to feel at points like, <gasps> Maybe this roller coaster is a runaway car. Maybe it's not going to follow the track. Maybe it's just going to go flying through the theme park. I'm not sure. I want to suspend your reality. I want to like get you into that place where you're not sure what's happening. That to me is a good 
kink scene. And just like a roller coaster, at the end, I'm going to gently pull you into the station. I'm going to take your hand because I know you're dizzy when you get out of the car. <laughs> um, and that's our aftercare. So that's really what kink is to me. It's it's an emotional and or sensory experience that may or may not involve sex. Mm-hmm. It's play. Oh, yeah, yeah I, I love that. Good. It's like mic drops. The podcast is over, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> Everyone's like, I either want to go to the dungeon or the amusement park, but I want to go with Sunny, and Sunny's going to take me there. I want the loops. Those loops. Those crazy ass loops. I do. But I do not. so well with analogies in terms of I do like too. the I way like, that I'm kind of envisioning that, and I think that that's really wonderful and beautiful and clear. And I we love Midori. She's been our on our oh, podcast yeah. multiple times. Yeah. She's incredible, incredible human, and I like yeah, the engineer idea. And so, which brings me to this next question because you just d- defined it as something. Um, very broad and same mm-hmm. with Midori's definition and mm-hmm. had these kind of narrow ideas. Um, and so what in your opinion are a lot of the, cause there's, there's all these rules. Like why are there these rules, these one wayisms of how people should do kink and why do you think they're BS? Like why are they here and uh, why are they complete bullshit? Th- this is, this is like the reason for my existence as a kink educator. Um, and the reason I'm writing my book, my book is called Customizable Kink, A Strategic Guide to Erotic Play. And I chose those words very carefully because I wholeheartedly do believe that kink is customizable. And I say that all the time. Um, and, and when I say that, what I mean is all of those rules we hear, like if you're a submissive, you need to act this way. If you're dominant, you must act this way. If you're doing such and such a type of spanking scene, you have to do it just like that. Bull. I can, I can say shit. Can yeah, bullshit, shit, shit, bullshit, yeah. shit, shit, shit. Yes. <laughs> the, there is only one uh, written in stone across the board must adhere to rule and kink, and that is consent. Mm-hmm. You have to do it with consent. But even how you go about establishing and maintaining consent, that's even customizable. There are best practices. There are ideas But how you choose to do your kink, to establish your consent, is up to you to suit your needs. And when I say a strategic guide, strategic to me is um, all of the brain stuff we need to do to do kink. And usually when we go online and we look for kink classes or we're going to our local dungeon or sex positive store, we're usually learning the technical skills I call execution, you know, how to spank, how to stick needles in people, how to whatever it is. And those things usually have very clear cut, like there are 10 steps to tie your first basic, you know, Japanese rope bondage Uh, harness or something um but the strategic skills those are more murky those are the human skills those are the skills that require emotional intelligence integrity empathy vulnerability and without those you could tie a gazillion knots and spank a gazillion asses but if you don't have that human connection and that mutual uh respect and and ethics between the partners you're playing with none of those technical skills are any good so in kink education and that you know that's what i call the strategy or the soft skills they're called and in kink education we see an overemphasis on those hard technical skills and an underemphasis on the strategic soft skills which kind of mirrors real life 
right? Like this mm. is why we're all in therapy and reading all of these books about, you know, nonviolent communication and emotional literacy, right? So really kink is mirroring the bigger world. I think of like the people that write the life hacks things are not right, but they BuzzFeed, like, yeah, BuzzFeed like life the hacks, ways to, or right. the podcast or the game or things like that that are all about like if you do X, Y, and Z, then you'll get to this place, and that just totally discredits the fact that everyone is so different, every moment is so different, and it instead it's I mean it's giving people this kind of simple blueprint, but yeah, like it's way more complex than that. Yeah, and why why is it though that these the soft sides the the strategic portions of this world i'll call it why is it underemphasized and and why isn't it more of a vital piece of this of the kink world there's a number of reasons yeah there's a number of reasons one is like if you look at the mainstream influence and you look at what's on tv and it's showing somebody doing uh you know very emotionally vulnerable negotiation isn't sexy and flashy for tv we want sexy flashy sound bites um and in life you know, in our in our real life inter- interactions, we kind of want that too. We want the sexy, flashy sound bites. We want the ten easy steps to blah 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 mastering blah 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 blah, and it doesn't work that way. And then when we look at the kink community itself, there's lots of reasons and lots of history as to why the kink community has all these rules. I get into that in my book. Like, there's sociology, there's kink. There, I mean, there is lots. There's just just you wait, um, but. There are certain things when you, if you're a newbie and you get into the kink community and, and you finally gotten to the point where, oh, all of the stuff that mainstream has telling, is telling me about kink, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey and all that stuff. Oh, I understand. That's not the, the true way. And now that I found the kinksters online or in my local community, they're telling me the true way. I know. And then after a little while, you go, oh, wait, that's bullshit too. Wait a minute. The people, they're, it's all... But why is it bullshit? It's not because, you know, the kink community is trying to pull one over on you. Um, Part of it's tradition. You know, we've always done something X, Y, Z way. We don't want to change. If you look at sex positivity in general, the last 10 or 10, 5, 20 years, we've come leaps and bounds understanding gender and understanding relationships and understanding sexuality. And if you look at the kink community, we still uphold the same uh, traditions and expectations in our dynamics as we did in the 90s. We haven't really changed much. So one of the, I'll I'll give you an example. If you go into the kink community, one of the like the big rules, oh, the submissive holds, has 100% of the control. The submissive holds all the power. Hmm. And that on the surface sounds like, well, yes, of course. That can actually be a dangerous way of thinking that people don't really realize. And I'll explain to you why. Um, and usually when I'm, I'm breaking apart these like one true wayisms, I break down like, well, why did people say that? What purpose did it serve at the time when people started saying that? And then how doesn't it work now? How does it do a disservice and how can we reframe it? So The submissive holds all the power, we've been saying for decades, because way back when, when nobody knew about consent, and submissives were really getting taken advantage of, they still do, by the way, but it was even more of a problem, making that rule was a way to keep submissives safe, was a way to tell you, if you're submissive, you still have autonomy, 
you know, and, and that was a good thing. But now when we look at that rule, we go, okay, the submissive holds all the power. So does that mean if I'm a dominant and I'm doing a scene with you and maybe you're triggered and you can't safe word and I keep going way past the line and I go, but you have all the power. You could have mm. safe worded. You didn't. So I kept going. Um, it also gives the message that people who are on the dominant end of things don't have any power in a scene over their own autonomy. Like, as a dominant, if I'm feeling like something's going funky, I can safe word. But a lot of a lot of dominants, like, I have to keep going, even though maybe I'm getting triggered in acting this scene. That can happen. Um, so really, you know, how do we reframe that? Maybe the submissive has all the power over their own autonomy. You know, it's been misinterpreted as the submissive has all the control in the scene. So if something goes wrong, it's the submissive's fault. Mm. And that's dangerous thinking. So, like, that's one example of a one true wayism. You hear all the time in the kink community that really, you know, does a disservice from a strategic sense. Mm. Um, and the kink community is full of stuff like that. I f and I feel like there's so many even so let's that's within the kink community. So just looking from the outside perspective of the kink community. So folks who are not in it have a lot of judgments and stereotypes and folks who are in it. There's also probably a lot of dangerous and misleading ideas mm -hmm. and stereotypes. What are some of the other ones that you can think of that people might be buying into, whether in the community or on the outside? Um, let's see. There is the submissive has all the power. Um, you know, another one that comes up sometimes is. You know, you must always do aftercare and you must do it this certain way. Um, again, sure, if that's what works for you, awesome. But sometimes somebody's aftercare is like an aftercare after a scene for those listening is just, you know, you, you've gone to this emotional state, that emotional roller coaster, and you're kind of floaty and high and in an altered state of consciousness. So the aftercare is supposed to be any kind of comfort or care that kind of helps acclimate you back to the real world and bring you down from that high. And for some people, a lot of people, their aftercare is like a warm blanket, cuddles, like, oh, you did such a good job. Maybe your partner's telling you they love you. You have a nice snack. But for some people, they don't feel good unless they're completely left alone. Like, I just need to process by myself. I need to be. And that's OK. As long as you negotiate that with your partners ahead of time, everyone's cool with what everybody needs. But oftentimes we have people like, no, you must take this blanket. I made you soup. I mean, you know? like, oh, <laughs> violent. exactly, yeah. exactly. So really, when it comes to a lot of the the personal choices and behaviors, you see a lot of rules attached to them and kink. But really, the rule is up to you. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I, and there's also one from the like outside perspective of non kinky people that uh, that they must have all have trauma. I've, I mean, I've heard that from a lot of folks that they you have a fetish or you're kinky, whether it's you have a rape fetish or you're dominant or submissive or you get off to latex or, what, or you know whatever your jam is that you must have had some terrible experience that happened to you in the past, and that's why it makes you a kinky or or a fetish or or in, or in you know in in this realm. I mean, what do you have to say about that? I'm a, obviously I have I have an idea what your answer is to that. But right. <laughs> my answer is no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my answer is there are all sorts of different re reasons people do kink. Um, and when we pathologize that, we make it like something must be wrong with you. So, okay, 
uh, listener, how many of you out there watch Dr. Pimple Popper? That's pretty gross and weird if you think about it. <laughs> I can't handle it. Right. Am I going to be like, something happened to you as a child? Yeah, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? We all have different preferences. Sometimes we like really weird stuff, even outside of kink. Um, and that's okay. And we can like it for different reasons. Maybe there are some people who their uh, trauma is closely tied to their kink. Cool. There's a ton of people. That's not the case. There's a ton of people where it's play. There's a ton of people where they like the, you know, um, the chemical cocktail that happens, you know, the, the endorphins and neurotransmitters, that sort of thing. There are some people that do it for chronic pain purposes. Like I'm a dominant, but I love to receive flogging because I have chronic pain in my muscles, in my tissue, and that helps. There are some people that like to receive um, very intense pain because that feels that they feel that it actually rewires how their brain body responds to pain, even temporarily. I'll talk to some folks who will do like a very painful, you know, needle play scene where they're being pierced or like the hook suspensions where people are, you know, hanging by their flesh. And they'll say, yeah, my chronic pain that I live with every day went away for like five or six weeks after I did that. Mm -hmm. And we're not really sure why, you know, and I'm not going to say, well, this definitely happens and this is the science behind it. But I've heard that, you know, it's so many people's personal experiences, whether there's a scientific reason behind it or not, or it's such a strong damn placebo effect that they really believe it. Does it matter? It's making them happier people. You know, there are other folks that do it as, you know, you know a lot of talk right now these days about, um, regulating our nervous system and somatic therapy and that sort of thing. There's some people that do kink because of that. There are some people that do kink for the same reason they play Dungeons and Dragons or do improv. It's fun. So, you know, there, there's an infinite number of reasons people can do kink. And by saying it's all because of trauma does us all a disservice. Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast was made possible by Uberloop. It's a luxurious silicone lubricant that enhances sex and intimacy. We receive emails from listeners who have tried Uberloop, and the feedback is unanimous. We never knew lube could be this good. It's also less likely to throw off the pH than most other lubes, and there are thousands of doctors recommending Uberloop to their patients, whether they want to make their hot sex even hotter or for folks experiencing dryness. Uber Lube is without a doubt my favorite lube. It has no flavor, no scent, and feels absolutely amazing on my body. And it isn't just for sex. I use it to tame my hair frizzies, to prevent chafing, and I even put some in my mouth before an oral sex session. Totally ups my blowjob game. Oh, and the bottle, it's beautiful. It looks like a cosmetic product. So I just leave it out on my nightstand totally shamelessly. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off plus free shipping. Again, that's uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast is free to listen to because of another one of our amazing sponsors, Like a Kitten. Romantic nights with your lover are one of our favorite recipes for maintaining a healthy sex life, but it can be challenging to find all the right ingredients. This is why we love the Build Your Own Box from Like a Kitten. They will ship you a gift box with all of your erotic essentials, from vibrators and massage oils, to robes and handcuffs, to lingerie and games. The BYOB lets you choose one item from each of their six sexy categories, and within each category, you have eight or more choices, so your box is completely customized to your desires. And what's really amazing 
amazing is that it's only $69. Some of the vibrators alone retail for much more than that. This box is a total steal and has every ingredient you need to make that recipe for your romantic night unforgettable. And right now, Like a Kitten is offering our listeners 20% off and free shipping when you go to likeakitten.com slash shameless or enter code shameless at checkout. Just go to likeakitten.com slash shameless or use code shameless to get 20% off these incredible boxes. Likeakitten.com slash shameless. The link is in the episode's description. Go get it right now. And now back to the show. Did you have something you wanted to ask? No, oh. I just I just love the way that well, that you turned that also into like a fun, playful version of all these. Yeah. Games. I didn't even think of like the pimp, the pimple popper, but all these different yeah. uh, different ways and and yeah, I think we just get kind of set in these ideas that you know if there's something and again people so the people that would say it comes from trauma are saying they're saying it's a bad thing, it's a negative thing. You must you know you're if you like pain, that means there's some it's a bad thing, but. I mean, in my experience, pain and pleasure, there's, there's a strong overlap there and in, in a lot of ways. And I remember doing um, my sex education certification training with Fissy in 2008 and heard the term pain slut and mm-hmm. as a very, very different experience from being a, you know, a sub. And you know, there's a difference between people who really, truly enjoy or, or a masochist or, you know, there's different experiences of someone who might like experiencing pain as something that, like you're saying, which, and then I, that way they weren't saying that a healing modality you know and not just i've heard of it as more like a a release things but that it could literally heal whether like you said placebo who the fuck cares right it's helping people and that in that way as well i mean that that to me was someone new i think in the mainstream how it's portrayed though a lot of times so if if folks are listening and they have no experience in the kink community they go and 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 I could be guilty of this before I was in the sex education realm, before I was more engulfed in, in folks that were educating me on what BDSM was and kink. And, but they think of these like really du- the dungeons and like someone's like against their will and right. it's an, or being suspended f- with you know, the piercings, the body suspension. They're thinking of it at, as this almost, uh, it, but the consent piece is where it comes in. These right. people are consenting to that. There's aftercare if they want it. So I, and I, I want to speak to those folks or uh, I want you to help us yeah. speak to those folks because this can be fun. Kink can be oh, fun. Yeah. Yeah. So th- thinking about kink in terms of new people or maybe someone with a little bit of experience that isn't just thinking about some 50 shades of gray bullshit, right? They're like, oh, I, I'm a, I, I maybe have some experience. I've been handcuffed once or twice. So speaking to those curious kink folks, what are some top tips for bringing kink into their lives? And we can talk to singles and to couples, mm-hmm. partnered mm-hmm. Or, or not. Well, I, I want to break that stereotype that kink is like dark, you know, mean, leather, yeah. black, dungeons. Um, that's one archetype. Think about like different types of people and different uh, aesthetics, right? That's like saying all people are goth. They all dress <laughs> in black. They all listen to Bauhaus. They all, you know, and it's like, sure, that's one type of person. Um, and that's totally valid and that's cool. But you could be like a soccer mom. You could be, you know, one of those people that wears like the the uh, the, the Pikachu onesies every day. And dre- you know what I'm saying? So kink can have many aesthetics like that, too. And not just visual aesthetics, but the mood. Like I do clown play. I dress as a clown. In one respect, I'm very sadistic both mentally and physically, but I do it while I'm laughing. 
it's silly. It's ridiculous. It's it's almost like a, a, a comedic practical joke, like some of my scenes. And I enjoy the juxtaposition of something that's like seems really terrible. Like I'm hurting you or I'm like fucking with your head, but then it's also ridiculous at the same time. I embrace the ridiculousness. So really um, that one archetype we see of kink that we think is everything is just one. You can make it whatever you want. Just like you could dress however you want. You can have whatever aesthetic, you know, in life, same thing. Um, And you don't have to do it with a romantic partner you can, uh, there's solo kink. Uh, obviously, most solo kink is going to be more on the sensory end of things. But there are people that um, self-collaring, for instance. Like, mm. a lot of people will look at wearing a collar in the kink community. And this is another one. People are like, collar, collars are like wedding rings and they're very serious. And but if you, if a collar to you is like that, cool. But sometimes a collar to people is just like, it's cute. It doesn't mean any, I just put on what I play because it's cute. And so that's another one true way is when people are like, you are besmirching the tradition of the collar. <laughs> How dare you? This is a wedding ring. You need to take it seriously. And I don't know why I turned into Ethel Merman. But um, oh, I love so- that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, um, so some people will self-collar. And because they're like, you know what? I want to layer a little bit of discipline in my own life. I want to um, honor myself and they can do that, you know, self-color. They don't need a partner. They, you can do all sorts of sensory play by yourself. I am all for uh, normalizing platonic play. Oh, so much. You know, it's like I, I'll see people who, yeah, I'm, re- I'm getting into kink and I bought this flogger or I bought this violet wand, but I don't have a partner to play with. And they're excited you know, they're new to kink. And so maybe, you know, when you're new to something and you have that frenzy and it clouds all of the red flags that are waving in front of your face. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not saying that anyone who gets into a situation with a new partner, it's never their fault. But when you're excited, you can miss things. And there are predators in the kink community, just like there's predators on any dating website. We're not a utopia. We're all human. A lot of humans are assholes, no matter <laughs> what group you belong to, right? Totally. Um, so for those folks, I, you know, it's like, I would love to normalize, like have one of your, your friends over, you know, get some wine. Like you'd hang out on a Friday night, watch some movies and just chit chat, maybe get out the flogger and play with it. It doesn't have to be sexual. Um, but that can satisfy some of the, I'm curious and I want to experiment and I want to feel the sensory feelings. Maybe I don't want to fuck my friends, but you don't have to. I want to normalize that. Because it's kink is a lot more um, than sex. And I don't want to say that for everyone because for some people, their kink is sex. And I'm not going to invalidate that. Like, we're all different. But a lot of people think it's supposed to be about sex and they pigeonhole themselves into like the sex only kink. When if they had permission to go, oh, it could be all these other things, too, that they would embrace that if they knew that they could. Hmm. I love that. And I'm curious, and this is just, well, that's not a tangent because it's related to what you're saying. What are your thoughts about, so if someone wants to give, I want to flog someone, I want to use a violet wand, violet wand on someone, I want to, um, you do needle play in them. What are your thoughts on uh, sounding, how, how, ooh, sounding, sounding, all the things you're reading yeah. for sounding. What are your thoughts though that how, well, 
that wouldn't apply to a urethral sounding because what if I don't have a, uh, a cock? But mm. on them needing, or not needing, but the importance of them experiencing on their own bodies as mm-hmm. part of education so that they know what they're giving to someone like that. Like, is, do you think that that's important for them to experience and it would help them in some way? In some ways, yes. There's like a couple layers to this. Is One, um, when it comes to more of the riskier things, like nothing that's done in kink is, is safe. You know, even flogging, even though it seems, you know, um, but especially something like urethral sounding can if you don't if you're not, you know, things aren't sterile, you don't have proper procedure, it could be dangerous. So for those things, I always recommend that people seek out some kind of class, some kind of, you know, they get properly trained in this stuff. And now with the pandemic, you can do a lot of that online, whether it's a live class, whether it's like a, a repository like Kink Academy, where it's on demand videos, that sort of thing. And um, but there is something to be said for experiencing what these things feel like, even if you're going to be the top or the giver. Um, so you know what you're doing to other people. However, I'll, I'll, I'll come across another one true wayism. A lot of folks in the in the kink community, and this is kind of old school thinking, but you still hear it. Well, in order to be a good dominant, you need to work yourself up from the bottom and be a submissive first. And so you can earn, like, earn your place being a dominant. And I get where that comes from. Like, the intent in a lot of these one true wayisms is, is for good reasons. Um, but they kind of go sideways, <laughs> you know. Um, one, that used to, way back in the day, be more of a standard tradition. Um, two, there is some stock in saying, okay, it's a good idea to know how your toys feel. So you can use some other other people. However... Saying that, okay, you must actually be a submissive and do these scenes. And if I'm not a masochist and I am doing this like heavy duty scene where I am being like, you know, beat to all get out, I am not going to have the same experience mentally or physically as somebody who's like, I'm a masochist in my bones. It's in my blood. I love that pain. I love that. So... Okay, yeah, you know, having a few swats of seeing how it how it feels is one thing, but like you must be a no, mm-hmm. unless that works. Like for some people, they're like, you know, I actually learn better that way, and I'm a little switchy. I want to do that. Cool, kink is customizable. If that works for you, do it. Just don't, you know, say everybody has to do it your way. Mm-hmm. And 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 message of that we're not over the podcast isn't over, but education. And and some sort, you know, whether it's your body experiencing it, working with someone like you, reading your book, um, or not just your book, but there's so many educators and so many different avenues out there. Um, and and so this other question that I had to, which I'm just gonna, going to steal because I want to ask this too, because I have some clients this might refer to. But so you said in the beginning of the podcast, you were 30s that you Start. really came say so yeah, came out of kink. So. I'm going to tie it to this question um, because I feel like in the kink world, a lot of younger folks aren't either coming out or embracing their kinkier fetish selves. And it's mm-hmm. coming out in 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. Out of shame. Or, exactly. Yeah. So like there's shame. And so I'm curious what your advice to those people who have kinks or fetishes and they feel like it's not safe. Of all ages, it's not safe to share this with partners or maybe I'll never find a partner who will accept me as as this, you know, as this big part of me. What is your advice to those people? people first of all you will i mean there is what is it like a shoe for every foot or whatever there and i was the same way i had these these fantasies i didn't know a kink community existed 
I had no idea. And then when I stumbled upon it, I was like, it was very serious. Like, you're all dark in the dungeon yelling. And I'm like, that's not my vibe either. And then I, then I found the, the clowns. And I was like, oh, my people, <laughs> you exist. <laughs> um, so whatever you're into, there are people out there that are into it. It's a matter of finding them. And when it comes to kink, I always say the first partner you negotiate with is yourself. The first, you know, any kind of real personal understanding, you have to understand yourself first and think about just the stages of development and kind of where all of us are. Where where are you at, you know, mentally in your 20s or just the generic you, all of us? Where are we at in our 20s versus where are we at in our 30s versus where are we at in our 40s? The self-understanding and that self-acceptance grows as we get older so that's really natural i actually was listening to like a little clip from brene brown and i was like oh this oh my goodness um and she had said something like uh you know all of us have armor that we put up you know we have traumas in our life we you know we we have these defense mechanisms our armor so we don't get hurt by the, the shit that bothers us and i remember being in my 20s like Oh, yeah, I got a little trauma, but it's fine. I'm good. I'm none of that bother. And then as I got older, I was like, I keep pushing it away, but it's 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 not going away. <laughs> it keeps mm-hmm. popping up. And she had said she said middle age between 40 and 60 is the point in in people's lives where they realize the armor that they've put up and carried their whole lives not only no longer serves them, but is actually a disservice and has been holding them back from the things that they really want. And I was like, oh, that hit me like a ton of bricks. And and for me, and, and the, you know, a lot of things in my life, but kink specifically, it was like, yeah, I had all of these inklings and these thoughts and I thought I was weird or something was wrong with me. Um, and I kept trying to shove it away and it kept popping up. And I realized like, oh, time is ticking. My life is like half over soon. And I, 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 I there's something here. There's something fulfilling here and I'm going to pursue it. And I'm sure as hell glad I did. Um, so anyone out cool. there, yeah, <laughs> anyone out there who has something that they're pushing down that they want to pursue, whether it's sexually or just life, you know, make this bigger picture, uh, go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I grew up in the Midwest. I used to push every. I was like, I'm fine. That's like the classic thing that yeah. but I, I mean, I was taught that that was not to confront just kind of absorb things, be nice, be one of the sheep that's uh, being herded. And uh, that did me a disservice for a long time. And I'm yeah. not 40 quite yet, but I do feel like a lot of that armor and, and, and it was not okay to cry. It was, right. really, it was a sign of weakness. And, and I'd be like, I'm sorry, I'm crying. And, 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 and then I realized, holy shit, wow, I'm releasing something when I'm shedding tears or holy shit, I can confront and do it in a way that is that, that that doesn't have to feel like a, a terrible disagreement or an argument. And right. I think it, when it comes to pleasure and boundary setting and making sure it's the same thing, it's honoring yourself. It's honoring even the things that sometimes you may, you don't want to, oh, I, I don't want to be the person that is, I'm going to upset this person or my partner, or maybe it's your partner of a long like 20 years that you didn't say uh, specifically what your needs were but mm-hmm. it, there's always like there's always right now 
to wake up, whether it, and, and it's interesting that Brene Brown talks about it happening kind of like in the 40s. What'd you say? 40 to 40 60? 40 to 60, yeah. she said. Yeah. 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 Which makes sense because I do feel like you slowly just kind of shift and it's it's all it's all conditioning that is right. It's changeable. And just like kink is customizable, you can you can customize your your whole life to what you want it to be. Well, I'll tie this back to kink. Because yeah. th- this is the one reason I love kink is because I always say that kink can be therapeutic. It is never therapy. And by saying that, I am not implying that when, you know, us kinksters do a scene, we're going into our deepest, darkest trauma and reenacting it. That's not what I'm saying. Um, But we are all products of our trauma. Even uh, saying, excuse me to somebody in line at the grocery store. Every one of our actions, we are products of what happened before, right? So kink gives me and, you know, whoever a safe container where I can be somebody different. And that can be for for just purely recreation. But even in a recreational sense, I learn from that. So let's say, you know, I have always held myself back from being assertive. And this is actually my my journey in kink. I started out submissive, and I am now consider myself dominant most of the time. And I do have an assertive personality that I've stuffed down because, you know, Midwest, I'm not supposed to do that. I'm a woman, woman of color. I'm not supposed to do that. I'm a bitch if I'm assertive. So it gave me a chance to try on my assertive hat. And it felt really fucking weird because if I were to do this in real life, it would not be safe. But if I'm doing it dressed as a clown, electrocuting your toes, it's fun it's safe because it's play. It's like erotic improv. And I get to try on different pieces and parts of myself that never get to come out and play. And sometimes, like I said, it's purely recreational. But sometimes those little pieces of myself that I got to know in my scenes, I take a little piece with me back out into the real world. Mm. And it helps me disarmor, you know, de-armor from those those defense mechanisms or the way the ways that I've emotionally held myself back just in my life and through play. And I'm not saying, oh, only kink does that. Guess what? If you play Dungeons and Dragons, it does that. If you are in a weekly improv club, it does that. It's play. Play has a purpose. And this is just another way to do it. I like that. And it, More play. when you, so your book isn't out yet. 2022, uh, well, it will be out. So uh, the ETA is, uh, will be, uh, it, we'll talk about that later because we don't have an ETA. No pressure. So I need to finish <laughs> exactly. the book. No pressure. Sometime uh, next year, which yes, might be it December thirty first. Yeah. Yes, it, it will. It will be happening. Yeah. Uh, but will you talk to our folks out there listening about what they can expect? The book's called Customizable Kink. We talked about a strategic guide to erotic play. Mm-hmm. Uh, what can they expect from that? So it is all of the the kink one hundred and one. Uh, from a strategic side. So it might not be like, this is exactly how you spank or this is exactly how you tie a knot, but it's, this is how you negotiate. This is how you establish consent, like all of those soft skills, Um, but framed in a way that helps us think a little bit more critically from a big picture. Like, why is it hard when you're new and you go to research on the internet and everything that's supposed to be a reliable source is kind of bullshit? Why is this? Uh, Why is the kink community, you know, different communities across the country and the world, uh, some communities are wonderful and some communities have their issues. 
why do they have their issues? Because if we're going to think critically about these things in order to customize them to our own experience, we have to understand the bigger picture as to why are these things happening? What are the larger, you know, undercurrents and, and very obvious things? So it's, yeah, it's Kink 101 weaved through sort of kinky sociology and and systems dynamics and we, like I pull from weird sources there's improv in there there's there's neuroscience like it's probably yes definitely like nobody's ever seen before it's not going to be a typical kink book yeah. but it will tell you what you need to know Nine. love that mm-hmm. okay so we're saying sometime in 2022 mm-hmm. uh, and so this will be so people because this I mean this is evergreen podcast so you might be listening to this in 2025 it's out if you're listening right now um so whenever this is released and it's not out yet where will people be able to buy it and then also how can they find you how can they work with you do you work with clients one-on-one you say you do clown play yeah, things like yeah. that and mm-hmm. then also you have a podcast that's been around that's amazing tell our people how they can find and buy and do all the things okay. with you Cool. So everywhere on social media, I'm Sunny Megatron, just S-U-N-N-Y, Megatron. Uh, and my website is SunnyMegatron.com, so that's easy peasy. Uh, my, um, I have two podcasts, actually, American Sex Podcast, uh, which drops weekly, and then also Open Deeply Podcast with um, licensed uh, marriage and family therapist Kate Lurie that drops every two weeks. So those are the two. I would say follow me on social media because I'm, I'm, I teach a lot of classes online, usually for other people. I'm launching my own series that I'm hosting myself, um, teaching probably biweekly starting this fall. Uh, so, yeah, just follow me. It'll be everywhere. And the book, uh, I haven't gotten as far as the nitty gritty of publishing, but I will expect it to be everywhere. You know, your Amazons, your, you know, that sort of thing. So, Yeah. I can't wait. I Me love too. it. I love that you're taking all of the pieces. It's almost uh, a, a an encyclopedia of sorts or something that's just deep diving, a workbook encyclopedia, and from, but it's also going to have everything you need. It's a one-stop book shop. And you're so knowledgeable. I mean, you have so many facets of, of knowledge. And I uh, am dying to see you uh, in, in your clown play situation now. <laughs> I could picture it, and I I have to go. I'm going to go and, and search for that. I bet you're like the best. I Maybe you could so pay good. Sunny to use a violet wand on your toes Ooh. while Sunny's in a... <laughs> I'm, and I could be there for it. I could be there for it. Yeah. I will film them. Uh, well, I, I absolutely adore you, Sunny. Thank you. You're so good you're just such a you're such a powerhouse a bad, badass human so thank, thank you. you thank yeah, you thank, thank you, you for sharing your um, amazing information with the shameless sex uh, community here and go check out uh her po- both podcasts both podcasts please and uh part of our network family our tt our tt sunny yes i uh, want to be a kinky tt now i gotta get that url <laughs> yeah go get kinky tt no one else take it oh <laughs> uh, and i don't want to go but you know what before we go i have to give a shout out to our wine sponsor because we love wine so much we love grapes they grow from the earth they're lovely you stomp on them and then you drink them when they ferment and they taste yummy <laughs> and sometimes you might get a buzz so go to marginswine.com and check out why we love 
Margins wine so much is small bas- batched boutique wine that only launches a few times a year. Megan Bell's a winemaker, and she does a phenomenal job, and Amy and I have been huge fans for a long time. You can save some moolah. Just go to Shameless Sex 10 code. Uh, when you buy three or more bottles, you save 10%. If you use the code Shameless Sex 15, when you buy six or more bottles, you shall save 15%. That's my uh, my little shout-out to uh, Megan Bell and MarginsWine.com there because I love her wine. I actually want a glass right now because it's almost five. It's just kidding. It's only two here. That's five. Uh, but it's almost five somewhere. It's, pretend you're in New York. I yeah. know. Come on. I'm in New York right <laughs> I'm now. I'm almost there. Yeah. And to all of you listening out there, please go on iTunes. I'm just inviting you. Just give us a review on iTunes. It helps more people find folks like Sunny and their work out there. Other, We have amazing guests, and we just want our work to be shared with the world. And the more reviews we get, the more people can find us. So five stars are great. We read every single review, and we love you so much. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.